Hello, Disruptors. It's wonderful to have you with us. My name's Ursula. I don't often do these beginning bits, and I think you'll find there's a reason for that. You're nailing it. (laughs) But I'm here today with my beautiful friends, Tam, who is our um, podcast extraordinaire person, and Michelle, (laughs) who is also extraordinary in her own way. (laughs) In her own special ways. Yeah, it's so exciting to be with you guys because it is that crazy time of year uh, of Valentine's Day. Makes me want to throw up a little in my own mouth. Um, You're so romantic. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, to be honest, I started dating Bruce and then 10 days later it was Valentine's Day. So, like, talk about pressure. Awkward. (laughs) And it was awkward. I'll just, yeah, I won't go into the story. (laughs) It gets more awkward. Um, but it does make me (laughs) Valentine's Day always reminds me bizarrely of you guys more than it does of my (laughs) husband because Valentine's Day because it's Valentine's Day thank you Parts and Rick for that that. um I know because do you remember growing up um so we knew each other from year seven onwards I think it was almost in year seven that we started this tradition of none of us had a boyfriend so we decided to give each other Valentine's Day cards and poems and, I don't know, photos or I don't know. It got very elaborate. Picnics. A bit of mixed media going on. Yes, before digital. So it was <laughs> mixed materials. It was very cut and paste, literally. Yeah, like, yeah literally um, I still remember Ursula's elaborate uh, books basically that you would open up and there'd be magazine cuttings pasted in. Wow, and I don't even remember Beautiful that. poetry. Oh, no, really? you were next level. Yeah, yeah oh, it was Bible verses. Really? And this sounds good. Love letters. What a great friend. Though. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it was amazing. I do still do, not, oh, well, not obviously on that level, but I do like to do a bit of Galentine's Day. I love you, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, it's, like it's probably the ladies that enjoy it the most anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, and it takes the crassness out of it, isn't it, when you can actually just celebrate friendship um, and take a moment to say, I love you guys. Yeah. I really do. So we thought we'd chat today about friendship um, and what that looks like for us, but more importantly for other people and our experiences of that and what that means um, in the faith space as well. So, mm. yeah. I um I listened to so my you know my current favorite pod- podcast the guilty mm-hmm. feminist yes. um and she did an episode on female friendships and she had a um a guest on called Jessica Foster Q and uh, the way she described female friendship was so beautiful she said it's tactile full of love and humor wonder and inspiration but also jealousy risk offense pain and drama I think they're worth mm. it. Yeah, and she also said it's like a meal. So um, developing female friendships is like a meal where you grew everything from seed and spent hours slaving over it and then you savour every moment and watch the people who you're feeding it to eat. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Can you put that in a Valentine's Day card (laughs) for me, Tam? I think so. (laughs) I think it's so true. Like female friendships are awesome they are the thing that get you through they are the thing that give you inner strength I think and a few of the articles that I've been reading you know this week for this podcast have just highlighted 
how important female friendships are to women. Like they're the thing, you know, we talk about us giving Valentine's, you know, whatever cards or other assorted gifts growing up. And that's what happens. Like the girls are there as your friends before you're interested in guys. They're there through it all. They're the ones that, you know, pull you out of bad relationships and are there when you have your babies or, you know, like through your whole of Mm. life and then potentially at the end of life when, I don't know, you get divorced or your husband dies. Your your friends are, well, if they haven't died. But do you know what I mean? Like they're still there with you and I think there's, there's, you know, there's no way that we kind of quantify that very well in society. Like there's no special friends Mm. ceremony. But I think the friendships can be equally as deep and equally as emotionally, you know, satisfying as a romantic relationship and equally as heartbreaking when they don't work out. But there's no Mm. way to kind of Mm. quantify that in the yeah, grieve it it in the same way, I guess, as if you have a romantic Mm. relationship breakdown. Don't you think um in the in the media and you know, T V shows and things, female friendships can be really brought down to a really basic level? Like you know, just women who bitch together and shop together and um, mm. comment on each other's hair and clothes yes. and things. I think it's really undervalued. Mm. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting you say that about, you know, the grieving, the loss of a friendship because I'm trying to think have I, you know, had a breakup with a friend and I don't know that I've ever had a proper breakup but there's been a drifting mm. apart and maybe yeah. I don't know if you guys have experienced that as well. Is it more just you know, if you're with a romantic partner, you're either together or you're not or you're in a weird, you know, the space where you're trying to work it out. But I, I, I find it fascinating how friendships do change over time and um, any time I speak about you guys, most people in my world would see that as very rare to have mm. a friend, friendship still quite close from when you were 13 to now older than 13. Um yeah, for this length of time, to and but then I even look at our, our friendship, and I think it has ebbed and flowed over the years. So always been in touch, but different levels of depth and regularity, and so forth over the time as well. And I've and I there's something for me. I feel at this stage of life, maybe just when I'm most um, busy and perhaps. Um, I don't know, just in the trenches with the young family stage that I really uh, relish those friendships that formed when mm. I was 13 or 14 mm. or 15. <laughs> uh, those people that know knew you before you were famous um, or just knew you when you were working yourself out, more to the <laughs> point, um, that you can just rest in being completely yourself yeah. around. Yeah. Not that I'm not that with people that I meet yesterday or in the last few mu- a few years it's not that but there's just a whole other level that I can't even properly articulate that I feel myself mm. around because they know me and I am known even if I haven't seen them for 10 years you can't replace time I think I mean not saying that other relationships aren't as equally as important but there is something about time and history that you know, mm-hmm. it, you're building layer upon layer. And I think that's really what friendship is, isn't it? It's like shared experience is what causes relationship. And I think if you've had yep. multiple shared experiences, you're going to have those multiple levels to your relationship. Mm. 
And our, our friendship now doesn't take as much energy to maintain, not that we don't try, mm-hmm. you know, True. to keep in contact, but there's less energy in a relationship that's, yeah, I suppose, had that shared experience. Whereas maintaining a friendship that you've made recently seems to take a little bit more emotional energy, a little bit more time, a little bit more effort. And I don't know, sometimes I'm really lacking in energy. (laughs) So you do fall back on your longer friends, I think, a bit more at this stage of life. That's why it would be interesting how that changes. And I even look at my mum and I think, like her book club would have a whole mix of people, some that she's known forever and those that are quite new. And, yeah, at that stage of life that's working really well. You know, there is more time, I guess, to invest in that. And, yeah, and then I think of myself, you know, obviously we've done the move. So even just the way Bruce and I have are finding friendships is really different because there mm. is this ability with women. And I would also layer that with the faith factor because I do find the ability to go deep quickly Um is it's almost cultural it feels like in the church or certainly the churches I've been a part of where people are happy to be quite vulnerable pretty early on and some guys do that as well definitely more in the church than outside and I think that mm. vulnerability piece in terms of whether it's friendships from 30 years ago or friendships from um, the last year is is so um, crucial to building quick uh, a level of depth and connection um, and that was, you know, explain, uh, explored by a couple that was speaking at um, our church uh, last week and just making that point of, of if you want to build those connections um, with any human being really, it's about your, your, yourself being vulnerable and um, being empathetic to another person's vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think to try to avoid that because it's not the most safe feeling I guess is it yeah I was gonna say that's right if you're not if you don't feel safe in a friendship it's I don't think it's gonna last I think that is the Mm. one defining factor Mm. isn't it um and it's that whole yeah um the friends versus frenemies thing yeah you know I think if you're not feeling safe then you're always holding stuff back and there's always that I don't know bit of jealousy and bitterness and Mm. I suppose you're always fearing what someone else might be saying behind your back and not that I've really had that many friends like that Mm. to be honest but it happens so doesn't it like yeah certainly it does you notice it more on Facebook yeah Yeah. I just wanted to go back you were talking Shell about you and Bruce making friends differently like noticing that as Mm. you've left and I wonder if I read um, there's an article in the Huffington Post which talked about a study that was done on relationships and the differences between women and men and that some of it is Mm. hormonal so that when not that um, relationships are all born out of hard times but I guess for women a lot of times that you connect with people are when you're going through stuff because sometimes that is when you're more vulnerable like you're forced to be vulnerable because you whatever, you can't take it anymore or you're, you know, going through motherhood, it's a brand new vulnerable stage and you can connect. Mm. And women yeah. are good helpers too, like they do. They yeah, to so rally. this study said that when women are stressed or when both when men and women are stressed, they release a couple of hormones, cortisol and I'm going to say epinephrine, anywho, something like mm. that, and there's a bit of oxytocin and stuff in there too, but they have them at different levels. And so men actually release much less of the oxytocin than women do. So what happens then is right. the oxytocin amount makes women kind of 
want to um, reach out for friendship, I guess, and to love other people and to look after other people when they feel stressed and to, I guess, have other people in their world to help them balance out, whereas men go into the fight or flight response more. So they bottle up their emotions or they, you know, kind of whatever. So that doesn't put distance between them. Yeah, neither of those responses lead to friendship, whereas potentially for women it leads them into friendship so Mm. I think that's really interesting that actually even just hormonally we can respond differently and I'm sure you can overcome that like anything if you're aware of your what's happening doesn't yeah have to be the way things are but I just wonder if that's often why I don't know like I look at a lot of male friendships and I'm not saying they're not deep but they're quite different from what my friendships are like and sometimes Mm. like yeah I think my husband is like you were saying before, like, wow, you guys have been friends for a long time. Or why are you friends? Or why do you need so many girlfriends? You know, and why mm. do you always live in each other's pockets? Like, can't you just see each other every two years and you pick up at the same place? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, that's funny though, because my hubby will, he feels the need to see his friends probably more regularly. Yeah, right. Okay. Than me. And I don't know whether it's that whole guy thing about where friendship for them is more about like the hanging out together and doing an activity yeah. together rather yeah. than, um, you know, for us, I suppose it's more sharing sharing lives and that can happen with a phone call or an SMS or whatever mm. in the meantime between seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's interesting for Bruce, his, I want to say soulmate because he really is, um, in Melbourne who yeah. they've known each other since they were 13 and then kind of reconnected um, maybe 10 years ago. Um, and still very close, but now that they're not in the same state and unable to just catch up and hang out and have their beer and whatever <laughs> a couple of times a week. So they're now doing this gorgeous little like Tuesday. Sorry, that sounds so patronising. But anyway, on a Tuesday they chat <laughs> on the phone and now they're sharing, they're doing this the Bible app together, going through devotional oh, stuff and tracking together. I know. That, that is lovely. But that's so unusual, right? Like Bruce would never yeah. in a million years have ever done that before. But now because yeah. of distance, they have to find other ways to mm. stay connected and be intentional because Bruce didn't for the first eight months and it was just floundering going, mm. wow, I've lost everybody. So mm. having to rethink how to engage. And I guess that's interesting with how technology is always I feel like just ostracizes this horrible beast that is ruining relationships in the world and everyone is just becoming surface level friendships um, Mm. or not even friends. Whereas I think they've only got to have a look at our SMS trail to know that that's not (laughs) true. true. (laughs) Right. And I found that interesting. Um, We can put it up the Christianity Today article with the research from. this professor at Wheaton College, this is in the States, but I liked how um, she was saying that technology has changed friendship in both good and bad ways and that very thing, you know, we say that they're superficial and fake and shallow but it doesn't have to be like that, just the way that you use it. Um, And, you know, I even, I'm in that group chat 10 looks three that Lee Sales Annabel Crab group of crazies. (laughs) I think you're in there too, Tam. But people are genuinely connecting in this Mm. group with like-minded people who like to read and bake and do craft stuff and they're actually meeting up face-to-face to to do book clubs once a month and um, And I'm sure there will be people making um, like really 
good friendships that, that will then last, you know, Absolutely. well into their senior years from that. Yeah. I think so. So let's just stop kind of seeing this black and white view of how mm. horrid social media is and yet there are obviously such dark sides to it, of course, but mm. um, there actually can it can be used for good and not just evil in my opinion. So in that vein, how, because I know we're pretty lucky having made friends at 12 and still being friends, <laughs> um, but how have you guys found making new friends as grown-ups? Because it's not oh, as easy anymore. No, it's not. Um, I think of a couple of stages, like, yes, and probably because I'm someone that doesn't need heaps of people in my world. Um, mm-hmm. that can be a strength and a weakness. And there's definitely times where I think of one of my really good friends now, I would say she pursued me. And that's one of the things they talk about. Like, if you want to build. Did you play hard to get? Yeah, I totally <laughs> did. She liked to ask me out for lunch after church and stuff. And I was like, mm, no, sorry. And, and like, we, I've talked to her about this and we laughed about it now, but, um, she was just persistent. She was like, for some reason she wanted to be my friend and now she's one of my closest friends, you know, apart from you guys. And, yeah, yeah like it's – I'm so glad that, that she just kept wanting – like she was just in my face when I was kind of like I don't really need another friend. Um, yeah, that's so, great. And I do find probably not to that extreme but generally, if I'm really honest, I probably haven't pursued a lot of friendships. I've been mm. blessed that some people have actually – pursued me because I'm I'm just a shocker I think and I know because I think I've been lucky that I I have had people like you guys in my world that that fills a lot of my emotional tank but then I'm so glad for my Mm -hmm. other friends too um but yeah I do find it difficult and even in church situations like it's great that you might have that shared faith perspective but I think more and more now there there's even so many anomalies and differences in Mm. that that you think like you share your heart with someone and that's great and then you find out like there's this major thing that you're different <laughs> on and it's like I don't know if I want to be friends with you anymore <laughs> and, and I guess that's something that you know I guess we see mirrored on a um mm. on, a, on the big stage in the world isn't it is that more and more yeah. people are finding it difficult to go okay we've got a difference of opinion but we can still walk side by side mm. still value each yeah. other and it is hard, like, if you want to be close to someone, there's, like, major stuff that you go, oh, I just don't agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I would say I'm probably not the best person to talk about friendships, but definitely when you find those people, it's, like, mm, make an gold. effort and it's gold. It is. Yeah. yeah. Do, is the ministry factor also, sorry, um, Ish, is the fact that you are in ministry also a real challenge? How did you navigate finding friends in a setting where you are leading, I guess, and still that's your community? Most of my close friends were other people that were on staff or had been on staff in ministry in that that church context, yeah. But, that again, that shared experience Mm. that friendships come out of, I think, like you're doing the same thing, the same job, you're having the same, you know, things of whatever, struggling to whatever it is, raise a family, be all things to all people. How about you, Tam? Oh, I've definitely done that thing where I've targeted someone and gone, <laughs> hey, they look cool. I want to be their friend. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm like you, Ursh. I don't need a lot of friends. My emotional tank is easily filled by the friends that I've already got. But yeah, a couple of times it's worked out really, really well. And I've ended up with really valuable friendships 
That's um, so good. I don't think I've ever done that. How do you do that? Just that should go, be. That you have to do that this year, ish, and report back. Okay, I'm fascinating. Right. But I mean, you do have to have. You do have to feel that connection. It's you yeah. know, you, it's you're not going to feel like it's going to be worth it if you don't have some kind of feeling. In saying that, though, and this lovely friends might be listening to the podcast. So hi, Liz. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I was just like, oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. She's got the best red hair. I want to be her friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was your criteria? I, I just made – So superficial. Yeah. So this was – I don't know. This was a kinder mum. Do you love my blue eyes? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you hearing your voice, Shell. Really? I remember hearing wow. you speak, yeah, in, in year seven, and I went, oh, I want to be her friend. Wow. Oh. Yeah, okay. I don't know if I targeted you. I can't really remember, but yeah, I, like I, I the third wheel over here. Yeah, <laughs> it was your long hair. Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just made made lots of excuses to stand next to her at Kinder Pick Up and have a chat, and yeah, we're we're really good friends now. That's so right. I love that. Yes, and you, Shell. What what's I... your um method? <laughs> my method to make friends. Look, I I. Yeah had the luck of I get to, in my job I guess and um yeah I don't know I've been able to encounter a lot of really great people so I, I feel like I would love to catch up with more people than I end up doing mm. um but that's okay too I, I've learned to just yeah relax into you know being the extrovert and someone who the shift I guess from being in your early 20s where I would go to three different parties on a Saturday night because you wouldn't say no to something. You just go and enjoy the opportunity to connect with people. But it was probably very – I can do surface level quite well. Um, I, I like going deep with people as well, but I'm, I'd really happily speak to 10 people um, after church uh, briefly, whereas Bruce wants mm. and you guys would probably be the same, would rather just have one person to have a in-depth chat to. Well, yeah, whatever. Doesn't need. I don't need that. So, as much um, probably because I do get it in other ways with uh, you know the inner circle like you guys and some others. So, I guess what I have I reflect on every so often, and I'm doing it again now, is around the diversity question because mm-hmm. I do feel you know so insular really because I think mm-hmm. about to your point around who you resonate with. And I think, honestly, my closest friends would be disruptors who are probably listening to the podcast or would resonate with the kind of slant of faith and life perspective, similar life stage, um, age, cultural background like this. I don't know. I feel very, if I'm brutally honest, I don't have a whole lot of diversity in my inner circle. Um, Mm. So I feel confronted by that. I think. on an age level, I feel like I've got lots of diversity and I would say a lot of that did, again, come out of, like, church and ministry time. Mm. Like, there's one mm-hmm. friend in particular I can think of. She's uh, She would be, I'm sure, my mum's age, around that age. And I definitely consider her, like, a really close friend and I just love talking to her and she's wise but she's really fun and naughty as well and, you know, mm. has lived life and... I just, yes, so value having her in my world. Um, Yeah, and then there's, you know, other people, yeah, like who are around our age, but then there's younger people as well who I guess in some ways, you know, kind of came into my world more in mentoring type relationships but who I still like really value now and get a lot out of um, even though they're at that different life stage and I guess I'm the older friend to them and get to impart my 
wisdom. So that's really fun. But mm-hmm. um, I guess apart from, to be like brutally honest, apart from maybe having a few like Asian Australian friends, I don't have a lot of um, racially diverse friends. That does concern. Mm. Culturally diverse, sorry. Just get the Culturally diverse. Sure. <laughs> yeah. um, Yikes. They're different yeah. races though. Do you know, that makes yeah. me think of um, <laughs> the whole diversity thing makes me um, think of that show, The Let Down. Yep. Um, particularly how she's thrust into this, just by her, her stage of life, mm. she's thrust into this mother's group where, you know, it's quite a diverse group of people in terms of um, age, social standing, um, belief systems, you know, all that kind of thing. Mm. It's, it's relatively diverse. And then... Obviously, they they end up rallying together and and are quite close. I'm not sure that worked out so much for me with my mother's group, although it did at the time. Mm. Those friendships haven't lasted. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting now how a lot of our friendships are made around. I suppose those shit, yeah, life stages. Mm. Yeah, and that's why but it's not, okay yeah. to be like some friendships are seasonal. And we don't have to yeah. try and hold on to everyone forever and people come and go. Yeah. So much guilt, though. Do you have guilt when a, a friendship mm-hmm. kind of does that? Yeah, I do. Not anymore. <laughs> Did you ever? I think you're very good at just. <gasps> Sorry. No, Michelle was you're always the one that wanted to people. be liked. No, that's true. What was but that? I guess what I noticed you're very good at Michelle is if you don't want to be friends with someone like walking away from the conversation <laughs> or the, I'm sorry that sounds really I don't mean I meant it as an admiring doctor. do I do that <laughs> not mid-conversation I, I have an innate ability to avoid people that I find are draining people that's what actually. you do yeah and I'm I am working as I said in my goals for this year that's one of the things I really need to work on I might not have yeah, stated it like that but them. But what I, I mean, if I had to have a little goal around friendship, like I think even about the mums that I've connected with at school, we they take a photo of like we caught up, you know, for a barbecue or a dinner or something. Every single one of us, and I have done this recently, has blonde hair. We're all within five years of the same age, if not less, within three years of the same age, all white-skinned, um, working a corporate job of some sort with kids the same age. That's, yeah. It's just mind-blowing. It's just where you are. I, you you know, know, I know, but I need to stretch my world, right? So, yeah, I don't want to be awkward about it, but maybe <laughs> I need to. Well, that's it, isn't it? I, oh, yeah. I need a, I need a dark-skinned friend. Like, that's just weird, isn't it? <laughs> that yes, is that's weird. super weird and I'm not going to do that. But yeah. I would like to have some friends that don't have the same, and I do, but, you know, that to actually have conversations. I love having conversations about um, faith stuff or just worldview stuff that, is different and I, I feel like this is a legacy that I have carried over from an insular conservative Christian upbringing where it's like the fear of the other yeah and so and it's also you know I chose PR degree so all of that did was attract you know middle to upper class Anglo people and then worked in that industry and anyway so whatever for whatever reason the choices I've made have maybe put me in groups of people that are similar to myself but I am increasingly aware that that is just a really skewed view of the world and Mm. unhelpful really I think in the scheme of things if you want to be balanced and to see different perspectives in life and so yeah I'm just Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I have to be best friends with somebody 
that's different, but I need, I also realize I'm super comfortable, which you want to be with friends. But then I think maybe at times it's worth having some of those on the middle to outer circles that are, that push you to think a bit more deeply. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So when I did um, roller derby, yes. definitely ha- is a completely outside my sphere of um, normal friendship. Mm. I love and that. that was great. I mean, did again, you do that? was that part of the reason for doing it, Tim? To push yourself into a different space? Oh, I suppose a little bit. I do like to challenge myself, push myself out of my boundaries every now and then. But um, I don't think I expected it so much that um, people would be so different. And it was a it was a shock, you know, mm. same as you, Shell, coming from a very insular background where and now that most of my friends are like me, mm. to be around people where the majority of people were nothing like me, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was incredible. But, yeah, it's hard to find places like that. And did you make close friendships out of that or would you say more peripheral, outer-circle friendships? Yeah, it was definitely outer-circle friendships. Um, but they're valuable too, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also worth noting um, that friendship, you know, it's not always easy for people to make friendships as well yeah. and not just to gloss over that that is tough going. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's all nice for us to say, oh, you know, it's choosing the people that you want to spend time with and not pursuing anyone, all of that. Because I think, you know, I look at even that woman that uh, did the research in Wheaton, you know, she's in her 40s and single mm-hmm. and just talking about how she basically has other single people as her friendship circle because all of her peers who have got married and have kids expect her to work around their schedule because they're super busy and she can be flexible because she's single. Just that dynamic, which we I know we speak about, but no one seems to really have her address and um, that, you know, friendships change based on life stage as well yeah. um, mm. and shared experience and all of that is valid. But, again, how do you put yourself out there to continue to stay engaged with people who are experiencing the good and the bad mm. and the ugly of life, and and then you know, and then people find themselves divorced or separated, and suddenly, yeah, who's got what friends out, out, yeah, out of that? Not hanging out with your partner friends anymore. That's right, and you realise the church is a pretty tricky space for yeah older people who aren't married. Mm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. so what do you, yeah? How do people fit? Um, yeah, I hear that. Like from one of my closest friends as another close friend who is yeah single and yeah I think there's that really tricky thing of feeling like you're out particularly I think in church circles like that you're not invited to the dinner parties or yeah there's not as much catered for you and yeah yeah I think that is hard and 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 like you say too shall I've got a friend who would say she doesn't really have you know many close girlfriends maybe one or two and that she's really struggled to make friendships with girls growing up. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah, that's true. It's not always just plain sailing. And I don't know whether that's circumstance, whether that's personality. I don't know. Yeah, because as much as, like, how I was saying about being vulnerable is an important part, the flip side to that is I've had opportunities where people have been so vulnerable too soon or in a Mm. way that just kind of felt really awkward and just mm-hmm. kind of killed the friendship as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's just such a nuance to doing friendships and also person that you don't click with in your early 20s, you may click really well with in your late 30s, early 40s. Like, mm. you know, we change and mature yeah. and, and all of that yeah. over time. 
well, hopefully, <laughs> or, or regress maybe. Mm. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's just the moment in time. I think about, you know, if I had met my husband when he was 15, I wouldn't have been interested. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like times we, that it works. We recognise that in relation, like romantic relationships that it's, you know, almost like, you know, to put it crudely, but like all the stars need to align, like that you're attracted mm-hmm. to them, they're attracted to you, you know, you meet each other at the right time, you're in the right and I think friendships are a bit the same too, that maybe someone is looking for a friendship with you and you're really not looking for a friendship or you're not, you know, in that headspace or, yeah, they say something that puts mm-hmm. you off but they want a particular yeah. friendship but you don't. And, like, sometimes friendships, yeah, all the stars need to align and there it is. So what about being friends with a guy? I feel like um, well, I feel like we, the, the three of us, I feel like we had quite a lot of guy friends in high school. Mm. And then I had kind of a few guy friends at uni. And then I feel like since then that's kind of dwindled to the point where I don't really have any male friends anymore. Like I've got the occasional partner of a, fr- you know, mm. a, a friend. And maybe part of that is that we don't hang out with a lot of couples. Yeah, so I feel like these days I'm really missing. Male friendship. Yeah, male friendships because I think as much as, you can't replace women friendships. I also think you can't replace male friendships. But then I'm like, well. Yeah, does it happen because you get married and settled down and so suddenly it seems weird or people don't want to and wrong. risk yeah. having a friendship mm. with you? I think that's possible. Yeah, or that you that you avoid it because you don't want to um, complicate things yeah. with your husband. Mm. And, yeah, it's a really – interesting kind of thing to navigate Mm. I think definitely too I remember hearing someone say something about you know fair enough if I was with someone and they had a friend of the opposite sex before we got together and then they're still friends but if I'm with them and then they develop a friendship with someone of the opposite sex afterwards that that would be weird and I'm like oh yeah so is that it like is that gosh that's depressing yeah but I I would reflect that too Tam that I would say like I don't know that I've got certainly not really close male friends apart from my brother. But look, I've got a couple of male friends, but I wouldn't just catch up with them for coffee. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah, I don't know. Have you in the last year? Yeah, but then there's an element of that, again, like coming back to kind of like church things. So it's mm. not. Yeah, so there was a professional reason also maybe mm. for catching no. up or a ministry reason. Ish. In the past and now it's just, yeah, well, you're not in my world anymore. I don't see you for ministry or church or whatever, but oh, yeah. we're still friends yeah. and I still care about you and I want to know what's happening in your world. But Well, that sounds like a friendship to is, me. It is, but I can imagine <laughs> that after another year or so that will dwindle off because it might yeah. seem weird to keep mm. going because we don't have a shared experience to make us yeah, keep sure. being friends. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? It is. It's a mystery. Do you think it is dominated by the whole um, Billy Graham thing around not being in the same room by yourself with a woman of the opposite sex or yeah Mike Pence's wife saying that he's not allowed to yeah spend time with a woman that's not her and blah 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 like is it such bollocks yeah but but is that I think that's perpetuated Mm. through particularly at a baby boomer level I just wonder how it changes Gen X I reckon is a bit of people in both camps and then it um yeah I reckon it'll be really different for the millennials I'd love to know what our disruptors think about this because it's interesting, isn't it? Like 
everything within me goes, of course you should be able to do this and have these friendships and whatever mm-hmm. else. But, yeah, and then are you saying if you do have like a platonic male friendship, is the only reason you could be platonic because you don't have any attraction towards them? And then if you don't have any attraction at all, yeah. are they going to be the kind of person you want yeah. to be friends with? Like, you know, and, and so interesting. every male free female like that used to annoy me in church circles like you can't be alone with a man or something because it's like what because I'm in a room I'm like gonna gonna jump in yeah like really I think there's a few other things yeah Yeah, but it's putting such a low value on people in general however there are so many flipping yeah but there's so many um experiences where stuff does happen right so I can I can hold both tensions because it happens a lot in churches and Christian organizations as much as anywhere else where stuff can happen, right? And also it's not that you may find someone interesting or attractive or maybe you don't, but there's emotional stuff that can go down. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, and if, you're, if you are already in a space where you're not happy or healthy, that's a slippery road that can happen really fast in my opinion. So my yeah. experience perhaps even it's tricky but you do <laughs> so, you get into nuance so I guess you just have to be so honest with yourself and maybe with another person yes. as well because like you say maybe it's not a sexual thing but maybe there's a deep emotional connection or spiritual connection or something that's not there with your partner Definitely. so is that a betrayal as well and mm. what do they call it micro betrayals perhaps mm. yeah it's an interesting one to explore I would be fascinated in what people think on it um I think my views have changed, but then I'm still, yeah, sitting with it. And it's it's easy to assess it when you're feeling in a good, solid space in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Harder, perhaps, if you're not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, that's so true. But I am with you, Tam. Like I miss that kind of a bit more carefree normalcy of just having guys around that are friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think every now and then if I bump into maybe an, an older male friend or, you know, someone that I used to have a good connection oh, with. Oh, not and an older just, male friend. Yeah, you notice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, um, and you just notice that you miss, that you've missed that. Yeah. That it's something that's missing yeah. now. Yeah. Let me give you some good notes on friendship because yes. I think, you know, for whether you're struggling to make friendships or you want to make friendships, or you've got good friendships and you need to nourish them more and more, friendships are good for you. So they've done studies that they enhance the quality of life, they boost your immune system, they strengthen your... You live longer. Did you see that TED Talk? You live longer, that's right. Mm. Yep. And you recover better from illness as well. Um, They did like a study on breast cancer and those that had friends recovered better and lived longer than those that didn't. Mm. Um, it strengthens your resilience, your optimism, puts you in a positive mood, helps you manage trauma and loss, which life brings us all, mm. better, provides that sense of belonging that um, you were talking about before and that I know that Brene Brown is always on about belonging and community. And Yeah, so it's worth making the effort is what you're saying. It pays Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Oh, that is nice. That's a nice way to finish yeah. it off. Love you, gals. Thanks. Yay. And don't don't forget, we'll be back next week um, chatting about the things that we've been reading and watching and doing in case you're interested <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> um, and if you do want to stay in touch, um, make sure you join our little Facebook group, 
Um, you can get that to that through our Faith Disrupted Facebook page and then you can join our group um, or join the mailing list. You just pop on the website and fill in your name and stuff and email and we'll send you the occasional little love letter keeping you up I can't with promise it will be a whole magazine <laughs> or poetry. But you know, <laughs> we'll have to try and find. I don't know if I've kept any of those things. No, have you kept? I yours? haven't. I'm not good at oh, keeping those things. But I remember it in my mind, in my heart, <laughs> and then I just walk away mid conversation. <laughs> apparently, that's what I do. <laughs> oh. oh well, we yeah. hope you haven't walked away mid conversation here. That you're still listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and yeah. we'll see you in a week. Bye. See you then. Bye.